Canada curious? This is the Yes We Canada podcast, the progressive's guide to getting the fuck out. This episode is called Service Canada. Hi, I'm Matt Zimbel. A podcast about the differences between our two peoples, Yankees to the south and Canucks to the north, demands the employment of generalizations. I do not like using generalizations because listeners are smart and they can see right through them. And with that generalization, you might well be saying, whoa, I'm not smart. I beg to differ. If you weren't smart, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast and planning your move to Canada. In Canada, although almost 80% of our economy is based on the service industry, attitudinally, if that is even a word, we're not big on service. You'll notice it in restaurants first. Hi, my name's Rodney. I'll be your server tonight when I feel like it. Now, this is not to be confused with the internationally famous brands of bad service, like the Parisian waiter who has refined snobbery to a performance art. Mais non, monsieur. Croustillante, euh, ce n'est pas possible. Or the legendary New York deli waiter, where portions of both kibitz and abuse are doled out equally. Lady, I don't care if the sandwich is as big as your head. Finish it, or you ain't getting no dessert. In Canada... It's more of a mild-mannered indifference, bordering on passive-aggressive insubordination. You see, in America, your merchant class was idolized as self-made men. In Canada, merchants were seen as lowly vendors. Serving a customer was not regarded as a noble pursuit. We do it, and sometimes with a smile, and sometimes with excellent results. Ugh, whatever, I can't be bothered finishing this sentence. Recently, we crashed a wonderful pizza joint just down the street. It was Saturday night. They were jammed. We had no reservations. Hi, six, please. Unfortunately, there isn't anything available for about an hour. Ooh, an hour. What about your other location up the street? Do you think they might have anything? Don't know. Should we call? Go ahead. Now that, that's just a colossal fail. Let's try this again in American. Hi, six, please. I'm so sorry. We don't have anything for you for at least an hour. But we have another restaurant just up the street, and they have the same great wood-burning ovens. Can I get you a glass of wine while I give them a call? They might be able to fit you in. Yes, please. That would be wonderful. There. Don't you feel better? You see, it's not just a lack of hospitality training. It's more like a complete lack of appreciation of the customer. It's like the anti-merchant. And take one of our little example, the hostess did not say to herself, Gee, six hungry people who want to eat pizza and drink wine on a Saturday night. We have another restaurant down the street. Instead of giving 175 Canadian to one of my competitors, I wonder if I might be able to find them a spot at the other restaurant. I don't think that requires an MBA from some American Ivy League hospitality university like Hojo U. A few years ago, I was in New York City, and the New York Times had just published one of their annual surveys to the best pizza in New York. The joint at the top of the list was in Soho, and we went on the day that the review was published. Huge lineup, of course. As we were waiting in line outside the restaurant, a waiter came out with a full tray of bite-sized pieces of pizza and started working the line with a little bit of thin-crusted love. This is not 
something that would happen in Canada. Don't get me wrong, people are very friendly and, and known for their hospitality in Canada. In fact, there was a wonderful hit musical running on Broadway before COVID shut all that down about how incredibly hospitable we are. Come From Away tells the story of Gander, Newfoundland, when the town opened up their homes and community to accommodate 6,000 grounded airline passengers who were forced to spend September 11th, 12th, and 13th, 2001 in Gander after American airspace was shut down for everyone except a few members of the Bin Laden family, who I guess had business class tickets or something. Canadians are friendly, hospitable, and kind. But I believe people in Canada think there's a very thin line between being entrepreneurial and being a huckster. You guys in the States, nah, you're much more huckster positive. And to support this argument, I submit the following. The 45th president of the United States, also known as Individual One. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? And you know what? I think we're just going to stop the podcast here for a sec because I want to take a brief moment to thank you, the American voter and the executives at Twitter, because we no longer have to listen to the daily, irrational, uneducated, random thoughts of a mean-spirited, delusional reality TV personality from Queens. It is so refreshing. And now that we've gargled with bleach, we're back to service in Canada, and this next part is important, so take notes. You have reached Service Canada. All of our operators are currently serving other citizens more important than you. Wait time is one hour and 30 minutes, eh? Stay on the line. Your call is relatively important to us. Vous avez rejoint le Service Canada. Tous nos agents sont présentement occupés. Hey, can I get some service here, please? Hello? 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 Even though I told you service is not really our thing here in Canada, there's an actual department of the Canadian government called Service Canada. You can think of it as the government's courtesy desk for the Department of Employment and Social Development. It's a government-to-citizen service hub, like the national checkout counter for passports, pension stuff, unemployment insurance, etc. When I read their mission statement, I was almost moved to tears. Service Canada's mandate is to build a stronger and more inclusive Canada, to support Canadians in helping them live productive and rewarding lives and improving Canadians' quality of life. Clearly, that was written by a socialist. For your Canadian citizenship test, remember our national slogan, peace, order, and good government. We're so modest, huh? We're not looking for great government, just good government. We're good with good. you got to set your goals realistically. Aspirational? <laughs> not too much. When you finally get through to one of the 317 Service Canada centres, or reach them online at their more than 200 remote points of service, you can access more than 50 government programs from these folks. Not as efficient as a government drive through window, which would be great, but as I mentioned, we're good with good. And, as I've told you before, 
Generally, you will find the Canadian civil service hardworking, efficient, and of course, polite. And there's no tipping. There's a joke that circulates in the American hospitality industry. What's the difference between a canoe and a Canadian? And the response? A canoe tips. Maybe one of the reasons service in Canada is less fulsome than in the United States is because the minimum wage paid to waiters and waitresses is much higher here than in the U.S. Our highest minimum wage is in the province of Alberta, our Texas, as I've mentioned before, where crude conservatism and cattle roam free and the living minimum wage is $15 an hour thanks to that pesky socialist New Democratic Party who held power until recently. The lowest hourly minimum wage in Canada is in Saskatchewan, where it's $11.45 an hour, probably because an hour in Saskatchewan is only 47 minutes long, given that Saskatchewan has not observed daylight savings time since 1961. The federally mandated minimum wage in America is $7.25. So, a 40-hour week at $7.25 an hour will gross you $290 a week before taxes, pension, union dues, health care deductions, etc. And that's provided you can find 40 hours a week. In Edmonton, Alberta, 40 hours a week will gross you $600, and that includes free Medicare for the whole family. Yet another reason you will be moving to Canada. On the Yes We Canada podcast, we not only research this crap for you, but we also do the math for free. Until I started podcasting, I'd never worked for tips. But here's the tipping point. If there's a perception in America that Canadians are frugal tippers, it might be because we tip with the assumption that your service industry workers are treated fairly. Uh, Wrong. My eldest son owns three very successful and delicious restaurants in Montreal. But his debut in the restaurant business was short and ugly. You see, I had become friends with the owner of a cafe near my studio, and one day he was grousing to me about how hard it was to find good employees. I suggested he interview my 15-year-old son, who at the time was employed testing mattresses to see if they would help him sleep through the entire afternoon. He nailed the interview, got the job, and lasted all of two shifts because he absolutely refused to say the most seven important words in international coffee sales. Would you like a muffin with that? Dad, fuck that. I'm not upselling. Now, let me assure you that today, as a kind but demanding restaurant owner, his servers likely stand in front of their mirrors at home before they come to work and rehearse. Can I interest you in some dessert? No, that's too phony. Um, would you like to see the dessert menu? No, no, no. They're going to say no. Okay. Okay, no, I've got it. <clears throat> so, chef's been tripping on this crusty nut chocolate berry crunch thing that he kicks out from time to time. You know, when he finds these really rare berries in season. There's only one left, so I might be able to snag it for you. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's working. Oh, yeah, that's working. My son's friends call him the business artist because he has an uncanny ability to find artistic solutions to every problem. Many years ago, I was working on a TV special in Toronto, and when the shoot moved to Ottawa, I asked my son if he could join me there for the weekend. The plan was he would take the bus from Montreal to Ottawa, and we would meet at the bus station. But weather grounded my plane in Toronto, delaying our Ottawa rendezvous. 
I told my son to grab a cab to the hotel. I then called the hotel and told them that my 13-year-old son would be checking in on his own, and might they please disappoint him by turning off access to the porn channel. I then told my son that the hotel was expecting him, that I would meet him before dinner, and that he was not, under any circumstances, to use the minibar. This was not my first father and son in the hotel room rodeo. I'd seen him rack up $50 minibar bills in six minutes flat with three cans of soda, two bags of chips, and a candy bar. Two hours later, I got to the room and found him exactly where I expected, laying on the bed, pillows propped up behind him in his favorite king-of-the-world hotel pose, watching TV. There were two cans of soda, one bag of chips, and one chocolate bar wrapper on the bed. God damn it, Oliver, I told you not to use the minibar. Dad, I didn't. Then where the fuck did these come from? Room service? Hit subscribe, like, and write a kind review if you're so inspired. And in exchange, the Yes We Canada podcast will help you get into Canada where Medicare is free. How's that for Canadian exceptionalism? 